0: Hello and welcome back to the Sportingly Average Podcast, Episode 2. I'm your host, Phil, and joined as ever by Reese and Juppers. Reese, hello. How are you doing?
1: Hi, Phil. Are we calling you Phil or
0: Matt or both? See, I was going to clear this up because we had some confusion from, from, one, <laughs> Devastating our, yeah, from one Devastating feedback. From one of our thousands feedback. of listeners uh, from Episode 1.
2: Oh so, yeah, hello in Belgium, by the way.
0: Yeah, the one person who's listening
1: in Belgium. Hello, how are you? And, and to our Russian friend, Stratvija, Gakdiala, dalej, igral, igrat na Barabanya.
0: There you go, and, and whatever he said. Hello, uh, yeah. How are so,
1: you? do you like playing the drums? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so to clarify, my name is indeed Matthew, but for reasons unknown to myself. Uh, Matt is too complicated a name for my hockey team, so they all refer to me as Phil. Uh, and Reese and Jupp are part of my hockey team, so they call me Phil. So if you hear Matt or Phil, it's, I'm the same person, there's not a secret background lurker. Um, yeah, well, now, now we've gotten over that. Uh, Reese, how are you? How was your week?
1: I'm very well, thanks, Matthew. I've thoroughly enjoyed the world of women's sport this week. A lot going on, which I think we'll get to.
0: Yeah, a couple of uh, a couple of good uh, stats from the world of women's sports to come. Uh, also, no there's
1: also sports. I, sh- I suppose we should say yeah, as opposed sports. to
0: women's sport, women's Euros, women's Open, etc. um Yeah, before we get to that, Jupp, hello, how are you?
2: I'm good. I'm glad you made it through the intro without bringing up your fiance. That was nice.
0: <laughs> I can't make it two for two.
2: Good
0: start, Juppie. just has. Juppy has. <laughs> right uh so yeah like I said this week's uh, theme is oh so close uh, also the episode title. So once we get through our stats of the week uh, we'll get onto those theme stats all about people and teams that didn't quite make it or or are famed for for getting close but never quite winning, losing lots of finals, always the bridesmaid never the bride as it were uh, but before that our usual stats of the week, where each of us pick sort of something, either that we've read about, seen, watched that week, uh, to to delve into. Um, before getting to mine, I'm actually going to go slightly off topic. And my least favourite stat of the week was the breaking uh, temperatures in the UK of 40, <laughs> just over 40 degrees. So I'm absolutely sweltering, <laughs> recording this at the minute. Uh, it's been a painful week, but. Into the world of sport, where more interesting stats have occurred. Uh, my stat of the week is in the Euros, uh, where uh, England are playing this evening. In fact, they're kicking off in fifteen minutes in their quarterfinal against Spain. So, best of luck to the women's football team in that. Uh, but specifically, I wanted to talk about their eight-nil win in the group stage over Norway uh, because it broke a whole bunch of records. Uh, You know, highest score, highest first half score, first um, half hat-tricks, all that good stuff. Um, But just to run through some basic uh, records that they did break. So it's the biggest ever win in a Euros game, men's or women's. Um, And it is the fourth time that England have scored six or more at a major tournament. Uh, But the previous three times were all six. This time, obviously, they scored eight without reply. Um, and kind of what stood out to me, not only the gigantic scoreline, which 8-0 in a football match for anyone is crazy, was more the sort of relevant rankings of the two teams. So England at the time of the match ranked 8th in the world and Norway were 11th. So it's not as if it's some kind mm. of absolutely smashing of... The Faroe Islands. Yeah, North Macedonia, whatever the equivalent... Uh, well, they dumped, what they dumped
1: Italy out of the... True. Up. True. Goran Pandem um, put some respect on his name,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, the equivalent ranking, uh, in the men's, just so I guess that's potentially more relatable for some, uh, would be Holland against Germany. Uh, and so just the thought of Holland beating Germany, uh, 8 0, it would sort of be easily front page news, or that would be the sort of the main sport talking point. Um, and it's good to see that. You know, this year is is getting a fair amount of coverage, uh, and like there were lots of articles on the eight nil and how many records it broke, etc. Um, so yeah, a few more it's... on them. The uh, Lionesses they registered twenty five shots to Norway's four, and fifteen on target to Norway's one. Uh, that is absolutely yeah, battering. It is a pummeling, and their expected goals, so their xG, was six point four five, which again is. Absolutely massive, um, because by no means, you know, obviously, I, I would need to fact check this, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure most games the goals scored actually outweigh expected goals. Rarely do you score fewer than your XG.
1: I know uh, I that's think, mate, like, on the stats podcast, they,
0: I guess, yeah, they do average out, but whenever I see like, oh, their expected goals was only two and they won five nil and things like that, so you know. More often than not, you see ludicrous finishes of the expected goal of that shot was 0.1 and he goes and rifles it into the top corner and things. Um, So kind of their expected was 6.45 and yet they still scored eight. It was really impressive. Yeah. And then uh, some individual records. Have an
1: XG of 6.5 and still outscore it?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's kind of crazy. Um, And then Ellen White. Uh, is now up to 52 goals for England. So just one-off matching uh, Rooney's record. And she's done it in uh, 11 fewer games,
1: I believe. Um, uh, yeah, Rooney in 120, Ellen in 109. She might break it today, lying on yeah, air. Yeah, she could Wouldn't break it in, in the next We 15 could break minutes. breaking news of a broken record.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, so not to pour any sort of cold water on England's chances... Um, but uh, hopefully, hopefully they do go on to to make at least the semi-finals. But there are 19 occasions in women's top tournaments where a side has scored six or more, um, and 15 have reached at least the semi-finals. So you know we're guaranteed. That's pouring
1: cold water on and...
0: it. Okay, I don't want to jinx it more then, than uh, than cold water. Don't want to jinx it. We are um, we
1: are so good at football. It turns out, yeah, we're we're amazing.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's my stats of the week for the uh, Lionesses. Absolutely battering Norway.
1: Genuinely, we are the Lionesses. Team are unreal at football. So the last, so what? The last five, we've been into the World Cup five times. We've never got less than the quarters, semis twice. Absolutely ridiculous. Ellen White's mad. Who is this? Who's it? The, the oh, what's the name again? It's got Beth. Beth Mead has got five goals and three assists in this tournament.
0: Oh, and uh, her five goals have come off six shots, which is also an amazing statistic. That's how <laughs> lethal. Yeah. Lethal. Yeah, under so their a- uh, under their current manager, who is Dutch, I believe, White Weigman. I, I don't. I'm butchering the pronunciation. I'm not sure. Um, in the sixteen matches that she's been in charge of the team, the England team is unbeaten, having won fourteen, drawn two, scoring ninety-three goals and conceding three. In that is just, ridiculous. In How, are games. How are we still ranked eighth?
1: How we still ranked eighth? That's I'm Yeah, why are these ranking systems?
0: Yeah, hopefully it will be bumped up a few places uh, and join the uh, the men's side being top five. I believe that'd be quite impressive, having both both sides in the top
2: five. Top the five. men's side, are top five. I yeah.
0: think I think they're fifth, <laughs> which is a bit weird when you think about it. Because oh, is
2: that just because it's like points for making a final, like just can't support yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. The the better you do in sports, the more points you get. Yeah, that's how <laughs> rankings <laughs> works. And like all the friendlies against like North Macedonia.
1: And... Like what is with Come North to... Macedonia? They know. they beat Italy, drew Italy, beat Italy.
0: Beef. Yeah, so in terms of batterings go.
1: It's uh, that was a big one, so well done to England women, and hopefully, the win streak continues tonight. Eight minutes' time. This has been a genuinely silly tournament, as well. So, also I'm gonna look at this early on, as you do. Um, so 78 goals over the group stage, 24 games, 3.25 goals per game. Is
0: I, yeah,
1: I take, take that if you're not watching it, you're in it. That Indian makes guy, football exciting
0: really? compared to normal
1: tournaments where there's yeah. a chock full of one nils. Ah, uh, you say watching, that. You say that, but actually, Phil, 2005 uh, euros, three point three three goals per game. Uh, do you know where that was held? That tournament? Oh, I guess Germany. I would say it was held in England. Yeah, nailed it. Did you look that up earlier on as well? I think you did uh, on on your cheat sheet. Yeah, God damn it, <laughs> it's not reading really my notes. Yeah. Also, I think Lancashire. So, the, obviously, any women's football tournament held in England, guaranteed to be high scoring. Yeah, But, as you may have also read on my little cheat sheet, just don't watch... I've written Austria here. uh, So... But that's probably true. Three games, four goals. So they lost 1-0 to England. They beat Northern Ireland 2-0. They beat Norway 1-0. So I think they've gone through second in that group. And they're against one of the other heavyweights next. But yeah, just don't watch Austria playing football. Yeah. And... That goes for...
0: I think I can't remember their men's side being particularly interesting either. Actually, other than uh, David Alaba, Marco, and Altevich, who's the short bloke with the ludicrous calves? That's about the only thing. Oh, he's Swiss, isn't he? Sorry, my bad. With the ludicrous I think what?
2: Um, is-
1: oh,
0: Shaqiri. Shakiri. I'm
1: thinking Shaqiri. Yeah, sorry, Swiss. And down, he times. does have massive calves. Yeah. <laughs> it's a <laughs> one. Three Everyone well. knows about him. Dench. Good stat, <laughs> Phil. Good start. Thank
0: you. Hopefully, there's some more impressive Lioness stats next time where they beat the record for goals scored in finals 5 0 or something.
1: Let's do a special finals pod. The people, yeah. the people of Belgium and Russia demand it. When can we start ludicrously early singing It's
0: Coming Home when we realistically have very little chance of actually winning a tournament?
1: Yeah, it's never about that, though, Phil. It's about an of national.
0: Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Right,
2: Chuck. You've been a bit quiet so far. What's your uh, what did you think of this week of sports and what did you Yeah. That one? Sorry some minor audio issues. <laughs> uh, so I'm back I'm back to being muffly old joppers. <laughs> and you can't, probably can't hear what I'm saying. So okay. um, Yeah, so I've got a, a bit of a rogue one this week. Um, I've been watching more and more baseball online, um, as I as every summer play softball and I've found a, uh, a university researched report looking into every single pitch that's been made between a 10 year period, between 2008 and 2018, um, from Boston university to review and look at how many mistakes have been made of pitches. So those that I don't know if you guys know, but. In baseball, essentially you aim for like a square, like a maybe more like a rectangle. And if it's inside the square or touching the, the line of the square over the base plates for the batter, that counts as a strike. And if it's outside of that outside of that zone, then it counts as a ball. Three, three strikes you're out, four balls, and you walk to first base, it's pretty straightforward. And the main umpire, the, um, the um, umpire's all of that, and manages and watches stands behind the batter and is often the second person behind the batter. So you have batter stand there waving around, the catcher, who's there to um, catch the ball and give direction to the pitcher who's bowling or or throwing it, if you're um, inclined to think that way, um, and then the umpire behind.
1: He's definitely throwing it. He bends his arm. That's not a bowl. Oh, true. Yeah, he's he's true. True. Didn't there was there was a
2: massive debacle about one of the um, bowlers a few years ago? I can't remember who it was that they actually made him wear a metal. Muratan, go, and he.
0: Well, he no, he he put on a metal cast to prove that he didn't bend his arm mm-hmm. when he bowled. Yeah.
1: Wasn't this his arm was? It's, if your arms above a certain, a certain degree bend in your arm, didn't he? Talk, Something like you, that, yeah. Yeah, has action reviewed and anyway, sorry, chappers. No, 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 I started it. So, um,
2: so yeah, so looking at. Just twenty eighteen. Uh, well, first off, so this review, this report is awesome. I'm going to send this both to you after because you'll love it. The stats and the detail are going to. <laughs> uh, I don't know how they managed to collect all of the data. I don't know if it was just someone watching every single game and every single ball. Um, was the kind of want that job if it's going. <laughs> um, so yeah, just to to give some context on on the on the statistic I've chosen for this week, um, twenty eighteen. There were eighty nine MLB umpires. Um, and the, each season they participate in around 112 games, and inside that 20, inside that 89, there are 28 umpires behind the home plate. Um, so, would you like to guess how many mistakes there were made in one season by the umpire behind home plates? The total number of, of balls in the season was 372,000. Yep. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, it's either mentally accurate or
0: like so inaccurate you think how can they allow like humans to make this decision? Or something So I'm gonna go crazy inaccurate. I'm gonna go like something mental like one in six. I'm gonna go sixty thousand wrong calls.
1: Okay. I'm I'm gonna go the other way. I I think it's the opposite direction. It's one of these things where actually, it turns out we're ridiculously good at, at making quick decisions. Um, to so go like one in 25 and I've forgotten the number of, uh, calls. So what's that? 4% of, oh God, it doesn't matter. Yeah, basically, um, basically. So not you think 14 think fourteen and a half thousand, roughly. Something like that. Yeah. About a hundred times four, of course. Idiot.
2: So out of a total of 372,000 balls, um, there were 34,000 mistakes. Yeah. One in five is mad. About just, it's about 9%, which for me, if you think about it actually isn't horrendous, but then if you go deep, if you delve deeper into the statistics, it ruined 55 games, 55 matches by bad calls, essentially by people being called out too early, um, and ending the innings. Um, for another reason. Um,
1: so is that specifically I... where a bad, a wrong call ended the game slash innings?
2: So for example, you could be on two strikes and one ball and the third, the third pitch is a ball rather than a strike, but it's called a strike and therefore then the batter is out and it could be mean that, um, they lose the game or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what else? What, what, what the study also did was look into which innings was most likely. So there are nine innings in, in baseball, um, which innings is most likely for an umpire to make a mistake. Um, and I don't know if you've seen the cheat sheet, but do you want to have a guess yeah. of which innings was the most likely for an umpire to make a
1: mistake? I actually haven't read it yet. I'd guess not, not the start, not the end. So probably about the s- when's the one they have the stretch, the seventh inning stretch before, before the seventh? So maybe I'd say, I reckon six, seven. seven.
0: I'd Well, I don't really know enough about baseball, but like they have loads of, they, they don't play like the same pitcher or game and things, do they? They have like three or four. So it's probably later on in the game when a fresh pitcher comes in and can sling it at top speed again. So yeah, I'd say, yeah, again, sort of six, seven.
2: Um Yeah, so... Pictures are out. They think the optimal number of pictures is about 100, and they swap them out. Um, but so that actually, there was no major differences between innings. The, the difference was okay. less than one percent between all of them. So actually, they're consistently very poor um, <laughs> across all innings. <laughs> um, but what's really weird is that if you, in the last, in that 10 year period, the bad call ratio um, has dropped by seven percent from an innings high in 2008 of Almost seventeen percent of calls being incorrect, to wow. a, a high in twenty eighteen over nine and a half percent. So, um, oh,
1: it's got significantly really better.
2: So it's got better. But Phil actually raised a question I was going to going to ask. Like in baseball, it's simple as you hit the rectangle, or you don't hit the rectangle. Why do we still have humans behind the mm. the plate? But maybe we save that for another podcast episode.
1: I suppose you need to have. Some kind of the players need to have some kind of interaction, if only to express like frustration or blow off steam in some way, shape, or form. Like you can't, it'd be a bit unsatisfying to just yell at a robot, really, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be. Well, a, I think that, it wouldn't be a robot. No, yeah, I know, obviously, but just like you know, shout into the void. Computer
2: vision software. Yeah. The well, rum. you could
0: you could easily still have the umpire there for other reasons. I'm assuming there's other calls the home player yeah. umpire makes, and he just wears a head, he or she that just has a headpiece in. Earpiece and, and you would know instantaneously just ball, strike, ball, and you could call it straight away. Yep. So I don't really get this insistence on like, oh, there should be, there's, there's people who seem to think they're like, there should be human error when it comes to officiating, which again just blows my mind. Like, why, when there's technology in place, I mean, As long as the technology is sufficiently accurate, because I know when Hawkeye came in originally for tennis, a good lines judge was actually more accurate than Hawkeye and things. But if you get to the stage where you know the technology is better, it should just be implemented fully.
1: But it's got to be instantaneous, right? Because ultimately, I think a lot of this sort of stuff, and VAR in particular, in football video-assisted replay, comes down to it. Do you want... Every particular call, every specific call in the game, to be absolutely correct, or do you want it to be more of a spectacle where yeah. you know, it flows and you kind of enjoy it? It is ultimately, at the end of the day, it's it's a game, right? Even though there's a lot of money floating around in sports.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it's, just, yeah, it's, it's lost, just getting that it?
0: balance, getting that balance of a flowing game and referring when when you need to and not referring when you don't
1: need to. I think that's how it works best, actually, where you have just your your standard human officiating, but then. The players themselves can initiate a review. So cricket, you've got what, what a number of uh, video referrals that the captain chooses whether or not to to request, and they've got a certain time after a certain decision when they can make that. Tennis, you've got a number of uh, a specific number of uh, HawkEye referrals. NFL, you've uh, you've got I think two challenges for three challenges per half. Sorry. The three timeouts is it two challenges per half, and I think you keep your challenge if you get it right. So you're incent- you've got a limited number of them, and you're incentivized to use them when you're you think you're correct, rather than sort of fishing.
0: Yeah, it's definitely coming in more. Like most sports are building it in some way. Hockey has it um, as well.
1: Referrals, so it's <laughs> definitely becoming more prevalent. We've got a pod and a half without actually mentioning all of our main sport just yet. We'll get there. We'll do an episode just
0: on
2: hockey. Oh, nah, no, for everyone. Nah. <laughs> I'm not going to be there. I'm on holiday. We've well, we had the F one um, we week, so. Oh, we haven't even delved into F one yet. You're in for a treat Reese. Nice. Yay. Yeah.
0: Anything more on in MLB um, inaccuracies job?
2: Yeah. Just a, just a very, very quick comparison to cricket as it has been mentioned. Um, so one particular umpire, Michael Goth, famous for being pretty accurate. Um, and so in a two and a half year period for. All DRS, all DRS reviews, the decision review system. Um, he was not. He was correct ninety-five percent of the time in you know, a two and a half year period. I can't remember how, how many how many numbers exactly that was, but it wasn't anywhere near as uh, um terms of number of pitches compared to MLB.
0: Still, that is um, yeah. that is very impressive. The one caveat I would say to that is that an umpire can be wrong but still be right in cricket.
2: I know and I was thinking about this as well and when you said, do you want to have fully automated sort of referees and stuff it reminded me of the um, when Stokes was out at Headingley in, was it the Test cricket? Or the World Cup final where the Aussies um, it must have been the Ashes the Aussies what, challenged on the wrong ball um, yeah. he, was, he, was, he was in but then they had a challenge to an over later he had been out
0: That was his uh, monster innings with Leach
2: Yeah, at uh, Headingley so um but yeah that was yeah, that was my stats of the week with MLB.
1: Nice. Reese, batter up. Batter up. I actually don't have a, a least favorite stats of the week. I wasn't sure we meant to prepare one of those <laughs> I'm like Phil. So sorry everyone. Um so mine, Athletics, World Championships this week, wasn't it? The World Championships. It was indeed. Uh and famously, the big news obviously. Huge news was on Sunday, the seventeenth of July, the men's hundred meter finals at the World Championships. USA get a one two three finish when it comes to the medals. Fred Curley, Marvin Bracy, Trayvon Brunell. That is the first time any nations won all three medals, a clean sweep in the world in a World Championships hundred meter race since the US did it in nineteen ninety one. It's pretty cool, That's isn't ages. it? Ages, I'm amazed. Jamaica didn't do it in that time frame. Uh
0: well, well. What specifically well. in the men's because they did it in the Olympics. I know they've done it in the Olympics, haven't they? Yeah,
1: I mean that's it's one of those stats like in the world championships, you're like, there's a number of races every year. Why yeah. why specify that? I suppose there's a couple of big ones every year that people that, that well, a couple of big ones people will prepare for. So that's kind of quite interesting. But bad news for you, Phil. That's irrelevant. No one cares. We've moved on. <laughs> Park it. Don't care. Sorry, lads. We've moved on. Monday, the eighteenth of July, the very next day, women's hundred meter final. Shelly Ann Fraser Price wins it. Comes in first. uh Comes in uh, of Jamaica, followed by sherika Jackson of Jamaica, and Elaine Thompson-Herah of Jamaica for a Jamaican one-two-three, and the first time anyone had done that in the World championship since the day before when the US men had done it. <laughs> <laughs> so that is Shelly Ann Fraser Price, record fifth women's 100-meter world championship title. That's a monster. So I did some poking around on the site called worldathletics.org. Strongly recommended if you're looking for (laughs) running stats. So I just, full disclosure, I think the way this tracks uh, stats is it's only each person's quickest run, everyone's quickest 100 meters, for example. So if you ran the 10.5 and the 10.6, it would only have you down as the 10.5. Right. Does that make sense? So with 10 point, so Shelly-Ann Fraser price, 10.67 seconds was her time, which would put her as the sixth fastest, uh, woman of all time, over a hundred meters, if she wasn't already the third fastest of all time with a 10.6 last year. So she's had a a heck of a year. so quick. Ridiculous. Um, so Elaine Thompson here, who finished uh, third in this, got the bronze. She's actually the second quickest of all time with 10.61 last year uh, in the Olympics, new Olympic record, hell of a week. And the record holder, this is quite cool. Um, so Florence Griffith Joyner ran a 10.49 in 1988. So obviously quite a long time ago, I suppose it's not a sport like sort of swimming where technology can have an absolutely dramatic impact on like the, the quickest, uh, the, the, the world champion, the, the record at the time, but it's pretty mad that that's what 33 years on. That is ridiculously long for a sporting record to be held. And obviously raises the question, to be a truly elite women's sprinter, do you need to have a double barreled surname? (laughs) So the answer is yes. Um, So other cool thing about this, so uh, Jamaica123, as I mentioned, um, the same three uh, women swept the 100-meter medals at the Tokyo Olympics last year. but um, Thompson Hero was first, Fraser Price was second, and Jackson was third. Um, having a quick look at this earlier on as well. I would be absolutely fuming if I was Sherika Jackson. So she, I th- let me just find this. She, I think, has, oh, I switched it to men's. What a terrible shout. Isn't she also listen-
0: the one, Isn't while well, you're looking it up, isn't she also the one that had to
1: serve the band for uh, uh, marijuana? Possibly, that famous performance-enhancing drug, marijuana. Yeah, that's what everyone kind of kicked up a fuss about. It's like, well, if that makes you run quicker, <laughs> uh, that well, the 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 US one was Shakari Richardson last year, I think.
0: If you think, ah, playing. that might be the one I'm getting confused of. Sherika versus Shakari. Sorry. Uh,
1: so Sherika Jackson is the she's got the joint seventh quickest of all time, but she's stuck behind Elaine Thompson and Shelly-Ann Fraser both from praise price both from jamaica as well fuming it'd be like if you're andy roddick well you're quite good at tennis but you just happen to have federer like nadal Djokovic kicking it well actually not Djokovic. it was just after um but yeah that was that's relatively cool uh and then i went down a bit of a, a bit of a rabbit hole on sort of jamaican sprinters so uh i think we all we all sort of know that you know is sort of di- jamaica disproportionately to their population pumping out ridiculous sprinters um, so just having a look at these sort of the, the top, the, the top fastest sort of a hundred women, Jamaica, have got 19 of them, which is quite cool. I mean, so the USA are on 41. They're the other sort of traditional powerhouse. Um, but so Jamaica, have got six of the top 13, which is the same as the US. Uh, and the, other, the 13th in that top 13 is Christine Aaron, who's, uh, who's French. That's cool. Um the next Jamaican is a little bit further down the line. So the seventh quickest uh, Jamaican comes in at joint 29th overall. So top 34. Uh, at which point, there's a further eight sort of USA sprinters. But basically, the point being that the Jamaican sprinters are con- seem to be concentrated in that sort of absolute upper, upper tier, they are way disproportionately represented. They're absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's the same in the men's 100 metres, right, where they have three years. Is there, is there yeah. a
2: um... This is, might be some completely rubbish chat, but is there like a time zone that all of these sprinters all live in? And I'd be very curious to see if there's a special rain or something which makes them all run faster.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah. So basically, um, there's a lot has been sort of written about Jamaican sprinters in particular, um, every, every sort of world championships, Olympics, this kind of question comes up and we'll get there. We'll get, I've done some basic, I'm not gonna, yeah, not gonna kind of solve it now, but just to let you know, um. So yeah, the, the women's, uh, Jamaican women, the 200 meter sprinting are the same, that Jamaica's got two of the top three and four of the top 12, um, but in the 400 meters, they don't have anyone in, in the top, inside of the top 25, basically the first is top 25, so it seems to be limited to 100 and 200 meters, same with the men's where they've got three of the top four, um, that's Usain Bolt, Johan Blake and Safa Powell. Uh, all set in that kind of men's sprinting glory days of 2008, 2012. Um, and two men's 200 meter, Jamaica the top two, that's Bolton Blake. But when it comes to the 400 meter, the quickest Jamaican athlete has ran joint 17th. So again, top one and a hundred meters, 200 meters. Um, so quick, just sort of briefly, I suppose there's a couple of reasons. It seems to be, no one's not of really knows for sure. Um, culturally it's huge, right? It's, um. I think the same boat when asked about it said that, you know, culturally it is their all of their best athletes go into sprinting, they're the superstars. There's a um, the school athletics, I think it's called champs, they call it, um, like it's televised place, absolutely packed stadiums. So kind of like with the U S where your top athletes are going to go to basketball, NFL, but it's also all over the shop and they've got some absolutely, um, yeah, they've just got loads of people, basically. So there's quite a lot to go out. Jamaica. It all seems to be going specifically into sprinting. I think as well um, on that, it's not just sprinting. It's
0: very much the hundred metres because, well, the, the shortest distances. Because and Bolt, Bolt started as a four hundred metre runner, right? There's there's videos of him like blitzing the four hundred metres as sort of a fifteen year old, but then they kind of I don't know if that's because Shut that's how he naturally developed, or they found that his start was just silly good, but he ended up obviously one and two, and not bothering four.
2: Isn't it said to be that four hundred meters is one of the most difficult athletics events, just because it kind of eight.
0: sits it's outside? Because the eight hundred is still technically a sprint, isn't
2: it? Yeah, but it kind of sits outside, like the, like the how the body uses energy. I, I think is the reason why.
0: Well, they're, they're ATP versus what you yeah, anaerobic versus aerobic stuff. starts to swap, yeah.
1: As an undefeated uh, four or five-time 400-meter champion in secondary school sports day, I'm going to claim that 400 meters is the uh, is the most difficult one. Uh, no idea what to do the first time, so I asked my friend Dylan. He was also on the starting grid next to me. I was like, "Dylan, what do I do?" He was like, "Just sprint, just sprint all the way around." And Run the rest is history. Give up. But that was when I was younger, I
2: that on. Phil and I have seen re sprint
1: and uh,
0: <laughs> you're not missing. Out. I don't think I've ever seen him sprint 400 metres though.
1: Well, you know, the first 398 metres is in your head, really, isn't it? Shows the tapes. Oh well, I will not. Um, uh, so, other quickly, there's a, there's a 2010 study on uh, a couple of genes, and based it seems to be a particular variant of a particular gene it means you're more likely to have a, a larger than average heart increased blood oxygen flow so you respond better to training um which west africans are more likely to have it than europeans and jamaicans were more likely to have it than west africans uh and then another particular reason we should mention briefly is that obviously uh huge millions and millions of, of west africans were were enslaved and taken to uh central and south america um and i read one particular article in the guardian by a writer who sort of suggested that um jamaica was one of the sort of final stops of those uh, slave ships, obviously t- horrible conditions, uh, a lot of people sort of dying on the way. So if you kind of made it all the way to Jamaica, you're particularly hardy, and then that's likely to have been passed down amongst an island population. Um, so it's potentially possible that, you know, they have a, a slightly hardier constitution that comes to these sorts of things. Somewhat depressing, forced natural selection. Mm. Yeah, pretty grim. Um, and that's, that's it. I've got a little thing on, on drugs here, but as I think very few Jamaican athletes have been sort of pulled up for, for, um, enhancing drugs. And it's obviously one. Oh, sorry. One,
2: there's been one, um, canceled medal for Jamaica. I don't know how many athletes in total have been found cheating, but one has had their medal revoked.
1: That, yeah, so it's it's likely not that, and obviously it's quite hard to run a sophisticated sort of state doping program, Icarus style. So it probably isn't that. Um, and then that's, other. yeah, that's basically, that's most of mine, I think. I think that's it. Nice. I was going to add some
0: Bolt stats, but I might save them for if and when we do a goat week or something. For everyone with the uh, same Bolt then. You could just find a
1: different goat then.
0: (laughs) A different sprinting goat. (laughs) Tricky. Um, Cool. Nice. So yeah, on to the themed stats of the week. So like I said, this um, week's episode entitled Oh So Close, those people or teams that are famed for sort of not quite winning (laughs) and always always getting pretty close but never um, succeeding. So mine... Uh, I've gone for a, somewhat of a niche sport this week, I've gone for snooker, uh, and anyone who knows snooker will almost certainly know who I'm going to be talking about already, and it is Jimmy White, um, I can't remember his nickname actually, I think it might be the Whirlwind. Um, Why the Whirlwind? I think mean just Jimmy the Whirlwind White, uh, I'm not actually sure. Excuse. Well probably um, he went
1: around the table and cleared up quite quickly, it is yeah. indeed, yeah. And that, there's Higgins the Hurricane, Roy the Rocket. Yeah. Uh,
0: and then, um, so yeah, Jimmy White in snooker, uh, very uh, skilled player in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, but he's pretty much universally known as the best player to never win the World Championship. Um, he got to and lost six finals, uh, including five in a row from 1990 God. to 1994. Uh, and of those five in a row? Four of them he lost to the great Steve Hendry, uh, who equals Steve. the record. Stephen, yeah. well, I call him. He's Steve.
1: Not, He's not. He's not. A, no, you don't. He's not a Steve. are <laughs> your friend.
0: Uh, Stephen Hendry, um, who shares the record for seven world titles with uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan, um, So yeah, he's he's pretty good. And no shame in losing to him, but losing four of. The five in a row to the same person and then uh, losing six in total is pretty grim. Um, And it kind of even gets worse than that. So in his (laughs) last final appearance in 1994, um, which he lost to Stephen Hendry. uh, So in the Snooker World Championship, the final is best of 35 or uh, first to 18. Um, He went into, so got to 17 all. He was 17-16 down, in fact, got to 17 all, um, and was playing the deciding frame, which he obviously lost. Um, but that was despite being on a pretty decent break. He was on, he was in the 40s. I think he was on around 42, 43 points, something like that. Um, and he missed a fairly regulation black off the spot. Um, now, for those who aren't quite into snooker as much as I am... Uh, very quickly essentially you get onto the table as long as you pot a ball you then get a chance to pot another ball so on and so forth until you miss nothing your opponent can do you just have to sit there and watch uh, your opponent potting balls racking up points so uh for Jimmy to get to sort of in the 40s he's potted sort of in the range of seven to ten balls by then and then to miss a black off the spot is the sort of shot that for arguably the world's best player at the time to have a black off the spot, you would put your like mortgage on him making that shot. I'd say for him to miss that black and then Stephen Hendry got onto the table and cleared up, didn't miss another ball, won the game, and therefore the match. Um, to kind of like relate that situation to another sport that's potentially more mainstream, I would say missing a regulation black off the spot in the final frame is the equivalent of being match point up in tennis on your own serve and double faulting and going on to lose. Like it's that big of a mess up. You just, you just never really see it. They may play a poor positional shot, which makes their shot hard, but to miss an easy shot when you're in amongst the balls. Yeah. It's like match point, own serve, double fault, go on to lose. Levels of terrible. Um, Oh, that's absolutely that's it. gutting. In and in savage, the final, yeah. yeah. And Especially
1: after he's just brought it back from seventeen sixteen down.
0: Yeah. And in his mind playing the guy that's already beaten him three times and is about to beat him a fourth. But he also oh, uh in those six finals, he also had an eighteen sixteen loss. Brutal. Uh, so again got very, very close. Um besides those six final losses, he had four semi final losses. Um, so yeah, he's been semi-final further ten times and to have never won um, is is pretty At least one. Yeah. And like he's he's definitely no schmuck. He's got over three hundred career centuries. He was the second player ever to make a maximum break, which is one four seven in snooker and notoriously difficult. And so he's the second person ever to do that and televised. Um so well, he's right. Ooh, to ten,
1: getting to ten semi-finals as well. And well, four semifinals, six yeah. finals. You don't so get clearly, there if you're bad, the, like that yeah. just
2: doesn't happen. Clearly, no schmuck. But well, the just, second 147, how sort of when did those records start? Uh,
0: well, the first was done in the early mid 80s by Steve Davis, uh, who's sort of the great before Stephen Hendry took over him. Um, but I don't know if there were. Any, I don't know when the record started being tracked, but I know Davis was the first in the early mid '80s. Yeah,
2: that's um, a that's a great step. Second
1: yeah, ever, one four seven. Like Steve Davis is a good nickname too. So bless
0: him, six finals, not a single win, and you could. Just, I, I think it gets to a stage where it becomes all mental. Like that's that's the only reason you can put him down to missing that sort of shot in the in a final. Have you just googled just Steve just, Davis's
1: nickname? Is that what you're yeah laughing? oh it some of these are as great as well. yeah so nicknames the nugget the nugget the ginger magician the romford robot i've heard the romford, romford i've heard the romford robot romford robot is incredible Even romford not that there are some great uh well presumably yeah yeah you no, get some good nicknames apparently
0: yeah you yeah. get some great nicknames in snooker stuart ball run bingham is another one
1: that's an excellent nickname that's oh,
2: a class nickname.
1: I that's really it. enjoyed snooker in the nineties. Uh, my fa- Stephen Hendry was my favourite player, mainly because my other brother' his favourite player was Ronnie O'Sullivan, so I couldn't have the same favourite player. <laughs> as him. So I chose the other, like the other one, who was my favourite player. I'm such a big O'Sullivan fan. That's, yeah, I mean, um... that's because he's an absolute maverick, and also because he just goes and pots balls. And if anyone's played snooker with Phil, which most of you haven't, if you're listening to this, especially probably not not our Belgian and Russian chums. Um, Phil, that he just pots balls. That's it. There's no no thought of positional players. Can I pot this ball? How hard can I hit this ball?
0: And that's it. You get extra points for hitting it as hard as you can and potting the ball.
1: Yeah, you keep telling me that, but I'm not convinced. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, um, that's my themed stat of the week. So I was. Entranced by, I wasn't entranced. I was, I was vaguely interested by, but I'm going to say entranced. We're on the stats podcast. I'm sticking with entranced. I was entranced <laughs> by the fact he lost f- four what all four, sorry, four or five, four, four, all five. No, sorry, four finals to, to Stephen Hendry. What was it?
0: He lost four to Hendry in a five-year stretch, and the one. other one was, to jo- I think, the other one was to John Parrott.
1: So I was like, how? Were, are, there any other, are there any other examples of losing multiple times in finals to the same person? I suppose this that's slightly unique in that it was four of four. He lost all four finals. I imagine that he played against Stephen Hendry. Um, so I couldn't really find anything sim, sort of similar to that. If anyone, if anyone at home has something similar, feel free to tweet us or email us or just just text us. I suppose because you probably know us. Um, so Andy Murray in eleven. Grand Slam finals lost five times to Djokovic, um, but he did beat him twice: 2012 US Open, 2013 Wimbledon. Um, Chris Evert lost 16 Grand Slam finals, of which 10 were to uh, Navratilova, but, it, but she beat her in four. And then the other one, uh, so uh, Venus Williams got beaten by Serena in Serena Williams in seven uh, Grand Slam finals. So, you know, no one's quite has that, I think hundred percent losing record. I had some pivot tables on, uh, <laughs> on this, this somewhere brilliant, genuinely I spent so much time doing this earlier on. Um, yeah, so I think it's, it's not each, each of those also got, each of those sort of, um, people got to quite a lot of finals in the end, so it's not quite the same as, as Jimmy, but that is stratospherically I'd say unlucky, but yeah, I mean the other sure, eventually. The other comparison would be the the triangle in
2: tennis of Djokovic, Federer, and and Nadal, um, who, who who have all lost a large number of finals. Actually, Djokovic has lost eleven, Nadal has mm-hmm. lost eight, which is kind of ridiculous. So I don't know how to have the stat for Federer. Um, and that's no-
1: it. But you you're, you're getting there though, aren't you? <laughs> uh,
2: I did have a look and they're at winning it. other ones. I did have a look at it. I, th- I know that Djokovic lost one random. Uh, grand Slam to st- uh to stand, I can't, um, the that's the one. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Well, he's is something. The, the tennis one,
0: silly, is it's, it's um, yeah, it was. Well, Vavrinka's got one Slam. Um, it's something crazy. Like sixty-eight of the last seventy-two Slam finals have involved one of them. Yeah, it's it's ludicrous their domination. But- yeah, so this a single, is thing with to lose to a single yeah. person that much and never then beat them at all is is crazy. Mm. Yeah. That is unique. Good stat. Greece, like who that. else? Greece, hit us with your useless player team
1: stat. So I went for the Buffalo Bills as a big NFL fan had to go here it was the obvious choice to make uh so the super bowl is the it's the event in in american football it's the big game in the year between the best team in the uh the afc but and the the best team in the nfc so basically all the teams up into two conferences kind of basically a, a bracket essentially so you play the regular season um, you uh, sort of, so it's a, it's a certain amount of times you go through this currently, it used to be 16 game regular seasons, 256 games, um, and then you get to the playoffs. The playoffs are then sort of knockouts, you make your way through that at the end. You've got these two teams left at the very end, and the team who wins the Super Bowl wins it all. So it's fairly unique amongst American sports in that it's not one of these sort of seven game series that you have in baseball or uh, or ice hockey where it's kind of designers that over seven games the hope is that the best team win right take it's not like the magic of the fa cup uh super bowl one-off uh very tricky to get to it's a kind of a grueling sport uh and it's a very it's a long grueling season um in a sport that is sort of set up for parity right so there's the nfl draft where new players join from college essentially what happens there is the best teams the the work sorry the worst teams an earlier pick of new players the best teams get slightly later picks so the idea is that it's easier to reinforce yourself with new talent if you're if you're worse and there's also the salary cap right so um inevitably if you have better players it's very efficient market they're going to want to get paid more and they'll probably go to a team who will who will pay them more who it doesn't necessarily matter if it's a worse team so it makes it very difficult to keep your dynasty of a team together um so the buffalo bills lose four consecutive super bowls from 1991 to 1994, um, yeah. So, so again, you don't get to four consecutive Super Bowls if you're not really quite good. Um, so it's <laughs> built the around old sort of, football. You gotta be good at you gotta be good at slinging that pigskin to get to the big game. That's what I'd say on the old gridiron. Uh, so it's built around sort of a bunch of Hall of Famers. So Jim Kelly is a brilliant quarterback. Uh, Thurman Thomas is a Hall of Fame running back and um, he won the MVP this season. They have a wide receiver called Andre Reed, a defensive end, Bruce Smith um, and their linebacker so Cornelius Bennett. So they're brilliant. Basically, they, they do really well, built around this... They're uh, all Bills players, yeah. Built around this uh, this K-Gun offence, which was a new offensive uh, system was sort of uh, created and brought in. Um, They went to the playoffs six times, so pretty good in the league built for parity. Uh, First Super Bowl, 1991. So that season, it's a 16-game season. They win 13, they lose three. And that's that's, that's impressive. Not bad. Yeah. In a sport where, obviously, the average is is eight and eight. So you will have a three and 13 team elsewhere, right? It's zero sum. They've got the most points in the league offensively. And they go to a Super Bowl with the New York Giants, uh, coached by... Uh, Hall of Fame coach Bill Parcells, and the defensive coordinator. So the, the specific defensive coach was a guy called Bill Belichick, who many of you will probably be familiar with as the head current head coach of the New England Patriots. Been there for twenty years, built an absolute uh, dynasty. The dark, insidious to Brady's Vader. Absolutely. Um, so they get to this game uh, against these two all-time great coaches. They lose 20 points to 19. So a very, very, that's, that's a relatively low scoring game by American Football Sanders. They lose by one point and they miss a chance to to take the lead at the very last second. It's a 47-yard field goal, which is where you try and uh, rug, almost rugby-style conversion, but while people are running around you trying to tackle you and it goes wide. Uh, should they have- so they narrowly miss out.
2: Should they have started at home? Is 47 yards a long way away from from the post or not really?
1: Uh, not, a, I think back, uh, kicking efficiency has got a hell of a lot better with new new specific kicking balls and um, yeah, much more conducive to, to that sort of play. Back then it was probably quite a long way, but at the same time, if you've run out of time and time sure, and that sort of thing, yeah, you had, yeah, you had to go for it. Um, anyway, 91, 92. Uh, they go 30 to three again, another great season. They're running back. Thurman Thomas is the NFL MVP, the most valuable player, uh, voted for, uh, by, I think sports writers as the best in the league. They're very good. They play the Washington Redskins who have recently changed their name to the Washington professional football team, uh, for <laughs> obvious reasons. Uh, and they lose 37, 28. So not quite as close, but that was actually basically a very good team. Did, uh, did the Red Kings, team, Redskins have a really good team that year? Yeah, they were, I think top five defense and their points scored, was I think just behind, not quite as good as the bills, but they were much more balanced and yeah. Um, so yeah, not that, not necessarily a surprise, but you know, uh, still a tough loss second year in a row, but that's fine. 92 93 time to bounce back. They go 11 and three, sorry, 11 and five in the regular season. Uh, And then they're they're almost a team of destiny, right? So they lose Jim Kelly just before the playoffs, who's their starting quarterback, most important player on the team. Uh, The backup quarterback comes in. They're 35-3 down in the third quarter, which is, you know, 32 points is huge in a sport where you get six for a touchdown and they're difficult to come by. But they come back from 32 points down to beat the Houston Oilers. And that is still, I think the largest points difference overcome. That's huge, yeah. Make their way to the Super Bowl, playing the Dallas Cowboys, and what happens, Phil? They, they lose. They lose fifty-two to seventeen. No, oh, that's huge. Now this is a very good Dallas team with a couple of sort of very well-known players, Michael Thomas, yeah, Emmett Smith, that, sort of, that what, sort of thing. What was the well, even? I know, even I know Emmett Smith. He must be good.
2: What was it, the impact was? of
1: losing Jim Kelly? I think it's just. I thought it was just for that game. So it, basically, right, okay. you. A franchise, a good quarterback is, it's, it's crucial. So this guy yeah. touches the ball in every single play. They were handing it off to their running backs quite a lot then, but, um, you're basically losing the most important player on the field. And realistically, cause I mean, I can't, I can't remember how many teams there were at the time, there's 32 teams today. There's probably about 16 like good quarterbacks, Like there's not, there's not enough to go around. So your backup quarterbacks really are. Like game managers, they're not going to win you a game by themselves. It's like you have you have to build, you have to work around them. If that makes sense, they're not going to contribute towards a win in the grand scheme of things.
0: Tell that to uh,
1: Nick Foles. Yep, I will. He's he's still a backup now. He was in Chicago and barely got any playing time. I don't know where he's gone to now. But he's got Super Bowl. He's got Super Bowl ring, a statue of him outside uh, Philadelphia Stadium. And millions of dollars. So
2: hang on, what, what, hang on. I think... who,
1: who is Nick Foles and, and what has he done? Uh, Nick,
2: Foles Nick Foles was the
0: uh, backup yeah. quarterback that came in to win the Super Bowl with the Eagles against Tom Brady's Pats in 17?
1: Uh, yeah.
0: In the most, in the more recent Brady Pats dynasty. Um, and yeah, he, uh, he won as a backup and then there was a big debate of you just won the Super Bowl and you're technically the second quarterback, do you then automatically become the team's first quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. And the There's a particularly debate.
1: famous trick play from that game where he actually ended up running a route down the field, catching a pass for a touchdown. And uh, he's, that's, that's what the statue is of outside uh, the stadium, commemorating that moment. Anyway, uh, back, to, back to the Bills. They've lost three Super Bowls in a row. What happens in 93, 94? They go 12 and four, win 12 games, lose four. Another another great year. Super Bowl rematch with the Dallas team who beat them the year before. Leading at halftime, they end up losing 30 13, leading to years of jokes about how they're, you know, an absolute uh, sort of loser. They bottled it. And Bills was said to stand for, boy, I love losing Super Bowls, <laughs> which is that was absolutely not a Buffalo accent. But, yeah, that's it. That's that's the team. That's the stat. What do you think? That is
0: grim. Cause I was just, yeah, because one of the things that I first thought about with this is exactly that just how hard it is to get to a Super Bowl. And even if you go to, like, the dynasties of all dynasties, so I guess the Pats the first time round, probably the yeah. better of the two dynasties in the early noughties. And what you looked at, they won three in a four-year stretch but they missed out in 2003 to-, to get there so to be getting to four on the bounce and not winning any is all the other teams that have done three in a four-year stretch have won at least two right like, to be yeah. four on the bounce is just ridiculous it's,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, you actually wrote that before I did that research. It's a very good point. Um, it's, yeah, and there's, I won't say that because that's not my note, but um, yeah, that they, they, just to be that good a team, which is kind of talked about years later for the innovation and how good they were and still not yeah. to actually have won is a real, a real shame, basically.
0: Yeah, to think that they still haven't
1: won one is just ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, you have stolen Juppie's stat. Yeah. That's what I was. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm shaking my head just watching you. Absolutely fuming. That was well researched, yeah. Was, yeah. They still haven't won a Super Bowl. I know they haven't. I'm getting they're there. They're pretty the good. They're pretty good now, though, right? Yeah, they're looking very good. Were uh, they? they was it the strong? Bills who
0: had the crazy game against the Chiefs with like 20 points in the last 10 seconds?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. it. Josh Allen t- throws over the top. Uh, Mahomes brings it back and then... my boy. think Allen goes again. My boy. And then, yeah, Travis Kelsey goes, takes it downfield. Um, great little option route. They kick the field goal. And, and then... Uh, Josh ends Allen up in overtime.
0: cries about the overtime
1: role. Uh, but yeah, they've just... Who have they just signed? Von Miller on a big contract. Who's one of the... Or on the on the way down, but one of the better pass rushers in the league. So From keep the an eye out for them. Uh yeah, he went there for the year, just to, yeah went there for yeah. the year, won the Super Bowl. So nice. keep an eye on them. Ones to watch. Ones nice. to watch. So w- what are the chances
2: of Super Bowl this year for the Buffalo Bills? Is it high?
1: Yeah, they're one of the best. They're one of the best teams around. Um, they uh they've just I mean the, this signing of Von Miller, think like a big contract, like six years. He's thirty three, I think 31, 33. 33. It's like a win now move. It's like an all or nothing chips in the middle of the table. Josh Allen, their quarterback is very, very good. Their defense is going to be top five. Um, yeah, them, them and the sort of the chiefs would be the early leads in the clubhouse, but then a couple of other teams are pretty close. Nice. Uh, On to,
2: uh, Mr. Jupp. Yeah. Good stats, Bruce. I
1: still don't know enough about NFL, <laughs> but I'm getting there. Um, but um, we'll talk through it when we go and watch the Jags against the Broncos in October. Yeah, it should be good. Um, right. So if you're still
2: here two hours later, um, <laughs> so just to quickly finish off then with my stats um, with this for this week's theme. So um, I was struggling to kind of think of something to put in here because it's kind of a bit of a, a weird one um, and there wasn't anything I knew explicitly of before. Um, but when I was going through the research of this I discovered that um you know Michael Balak despite being a, a young a young jumpers had a German football shirt with his name on the back of it, believe it or not, um back in two thousand and eight. Did you? Yeah, what? genuinely. I don't know, just just really liked just really liked him. I didn't even like I didn't even really even really like football. But for some reason I wanted a shirt with Balak <laughs> on the back and number thirteen on the front and right. Yeah, crazy. Um not a Chelsea. Germany shirt or yeah, German National League shirt. Yeah, to fair, that kit was very good for him. It was right lo- him. lovely, lovely, lovely. Adigious. Um, but yeah, so obviously known as one of the best players, um, in the world has been, is in the top 100 players, um, listed by Pele a of while ago. Um, he's won German football of the year. He's won the Bundesliga a couple of times. He's won the UEFA Team of the year, the German cup, three times the FA cup. The list, list of accolades goes on. But what I didn't know, um, is he had two, let's call them bogey years. We had an opportunity to win <laughs> four trophies in each year and for some reason finished second in all of the finals. Um, so in 2002, he um, if, uh, by Leverkusen, he finished second in the Bundesliga. He had, they, had, they had a five-point lead over the last three games and lost it in the last game of the season to so come second. That um, is a bottle job and a half. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, they lost a German Cup as well, and also came second in the Champions League. Um, with this, the game where Zidane scored that absolute blinder of a volley from the top of the penalty box. Um, and in the same year, made it the World Cup final with Germany, but got a yellow in the semis, so didn't even play the final. Um, and obviously, Germany lost the final to Brazil in that year. The and one one then the year. savage, yeah. And then this sort of similar, similar reading in two thousand eight. Um, Carling Cup with Chelsea, lost to Tottenham, Premier League with Chelsea, lost lost to Man United, Um, lost to Champions League final to Man United, and then... Was that the the,
1: the Terry Slip? Slip. That was the Terry Slip. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy.
2: (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, Euros, Euros final as well with Germany and lost to Spain as well.
0: That was the start of the Spain God era, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, before that it was why Spain are so good that why can't they win anything? Followed by oh god, Euros World
0: Cup Euros.
1: That was absolutely mad. I watched that game in some kind of public square somewhere in Hungary. Good game. I think Torres got the winner 1 0.
2: I think he did, yeah.
1: Sorry. Well,
0: that, that is, is... too stinker because I think if like all of them were clearly close, like to finish second in the Prem, second in the. Germany to get to the finals like you definitely have a chance of winning all of them and if you won all of them in a year you'd be like Ballon d'Or like God's gift to football that is the most ludicrous year you could have winning like he could have won Champions League Euros Prem Carlin Cup all in the same year just or the Champions League and the World Cup in the same year if someone does that it's like they are renowned forever for doing that that's like a career yeah. year yeah. obviously for someone even that good that's a career year and then to finish second at every single stage and to do it twice you would finish that season just thinking like what What on earth do I need to do what did I do wrong etc I mean yeah especially with, with, like, with like the
1: national team ending ending each of those football seasons that's almost the, the, that's the worst right that's not so much a gut punch as just being I don't know Oh, that's probably too reckon, dramatic imagery. Do you
2: reckon he goes to that fourth final in both of those years going, you know what, I've lost three finals or I've come close to win the Premiership. Surely I can't lose this one as well.
0: We well, didn't play in the World Cup. Oh, one, I, did he? I, yeah. hate role. I hate that rule. I hate that
1: rule. I know why it's in place, but it's I sensible it's, it's in such place. a stupid rule. So when, yeah, they changed it at some point, didn't they? So the the two yellows cancels out a bit. They get reset on. just after. No, it around the 16. 20. So you can still, yeah, yeah, I think they changed it around the 16. So you or can still get ruled out but if you get a yellow in the quarter and a yellow in the semi. Yeah,
0: but I, yeah, I hate that rule. It depends yeah, so the yellows
1: of four. So. If another, another
0: stat on another rule. No, another... But surely
1: it's kind of, it. the rule is there to preserve fair play throughout the quarters and the semis when teams are likely to be, to be like fouling to get an advantage or likely to be more like Peter Fowl to get in the bunches yeah I
0: mean,
1: Wait, just, Yeah. Losing to that Zidane goal is unfortunate. I mean, the Bale goal was great, but they ended up winning 3-0, three I think. That was the carrier's year where he definitely was concussed.
0: Uh, 4-1. It was opened 1 by, 3. by, I want to say, Modric. Then, uh, who was the... Liverpool? I can't remember the boy, guys. It wasn't Mane. It might have been Mane, actually, at a the corner. Then the ludicrous... Uh, overhead, yeah. From Bale, then the ludicrous long range from Bale, and then Ronaldo potential the pen, or like a nothing goal at the end that he obviously went ballistic and took a shirt off before. <laughs> <laughs> like the fourth goal to win
1: four one. Yeah, chill out, mate. This is a messy. This is a messy final, is it? What's on? Um... I think that that was a different year. I think that year was... It was only 3-1 to Real Madrid that year. But you're right. Um, oh, no. Benzema from the scoring and then Bale, 80, 64th minute and then the 83rd. But yeah, Mane... Uh, Madrid, that's... The,
0: yeah, that's the... Oh, that, yeah. That was the... That wasn't the like... Uh, oh, yeah. That wasn't what I was thinking of. That Benzema goal was when he intercepted the Karius rollout, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Karius went to... Karius went to throw it out and Benzema just stuck his foot out.
2: Supposedly Karius had a... Concussion as well for that game was it?
0: It was yeah. yeah, Then then he claims to have got concussion. That's why he like screwed up the long range
1: effort from Bale. He may have done. To be fair, I think I've seen that replay already. Probably Sergio Ramos again. Again, again. Well, after um, was it the the Mane not Mane uh, Salah foul, which which like pulled his shoulder out of place and he had to go off injured. Yeah, 2018 final. Nice I mean, you want him on your team, though. You want him on your team.
0: Definitely. Well, him and Messi are best buds in Paris, though. That is amazing. I love that so much. Yeah, back to back to Balak.
1: Back to Balak. Uh, because that, uh, uh... that, that Chelsea team was ridiculous. I remember when they signed him. I was like, "What you? Why you've got Lampard, Essie, and I think Mikelletti had retired. I can't remember their third was, but it was like it was a silly. silly was that their
0: thing. record, like conceding? Oh, I'll believe that. Like three goals in the <laughs> <laughs> like three goals in the whole season. Well, obviously not that ludicrous, but like it was the record for fewest goals conceded in a Prem. Was it that year?
1: I think they did they win the was season it slightly the, was the the slightly earlier in than
0: two
1: thousand and eight. it so. might have been the year before. Um, but yeah, they I've, I've got their team on Wikipedia. Yeah, Ash so Ashley Cole Carvalho uh John Terry then the right back would have been like a balletti or Bussingware. uh Essien Lampard Joe Cole oh Essien, Lampard Mikel, John Obi Balak in midfield um and yeah then they've got uh Drogba up top obviously was unreal Deco is still kicking about and Nelka was there
0: was Robin there at that
1: time no, Robin went, Robin had left, really I think, a couple, a couple of years before, maybe 2006. I
0: can't remember who were the favourites going into that Champions League final.
1: Uh, oh, it would have been uh, United, right? That was...
0: United by a smidge, won the presumably, penalty. given that they were on for, they were on for treble, right?
1: Yeah, you'd have to think so. Competitions, Champions League.
2: Oh, so Rob, Robin left oh, yeah, during true, the season to it, apparently true.
1: to go to Real Madrid.
2: Oh. Um, small sporting update, seeing as in our live sports podcast. Yeah. England, England Spain, 0-0. Oh, uh, um, stats looking very much in favor of Spain at the moment. 58% possession.
1: Stats don't mean anything. <laughs> Who cares about stats?
2: <laughs> Lies down my statistics. Well, I think
1: one of the, we've had a goal ruled out for offside.
2: Well, I didn't see that. I've been, it's I've been on the podcast, point, not right? watching, watching it live. Definitely not been.
1: <laughs> no, not, no, not, no. No, they've but, but six, I've, Spain have had uh,
2: I've, I've six on it. target, uh, six shots. um... Oh, actually, only one shot on target, and they've had four corners. We've had zero
1: corners and zero shots on target, so they look like they're in control a little bit. Oh no! But
2: we're
0: gonna score six goals and a half again, so it'll be fine.
1: Exactly, easy. So roughly twelve minutes ago, yeah, the goal ruled out. Um, looks like Lucy Bronze. It was deemed to have interfered with play, where she almost got a touch on the ball from a free kick. It's a VAR.
0: I take it all back. Should just be human error in sport. Get rid of technology. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Robbed. Absolutely robbed. It's the ghost goal all over again. It's uh, was it Lampard's Germany. 2012? It was twelve off the
0: crossbar. Went down.
1: So Flashbacks. that would have brought it back to like yep.
0: two all or something.
1: One or maybe. Lamparty famously played with Balak. My redeem oh that's what I say. My redeeming memory of Balak at Chelsea. I think it's he scored or someone else that they're all sort of celebrating by the net. He's just standing in facing the crowd, just going Yah <laughs> Yah Yah as German, German as possible. I don't know what the German is for. get in there, but, but he was Shame. screaming it. He would, well, just yes. Clearly there isn't an equivalent.
0: <laughs> we
1: have a nice. German lesson this week. Get in touch.
0: <laughs> Let us know. What would you scream when celebrating a goal?
1: I, <laughs> as you well know, don't like to celebrate anything. I like to head down, act like you've been there before, get back to the halfway line. You've got defending to do, Chief.
0: Still nil-nil. No, no. Still nil-nil. No, no. yeah, that, so That's the worst thing. Someone can shout after scoring. Still nil-nil, no, no, lads. Shut up.
1: Well, yeah. when you score as often as you do, I'm sure
0: it's infuriating.
2: <laughs>
0: I've heard it shouted in a game that was like six 0 at the time. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> like, that is just... uh, going overboard. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Nice, good, uh, good stats, guys. Anything, any, any last comments to add on to the Balak or yeah? Or anything one else?
2: very, very quick one. So another stat I found out was um, there was a team that were qualifying for the Olympics in ice hockey. I think it was Bulgaria and Slovakia, the women's ice hockey, and they, and I can't remember which one, but they lost eighty-two nil in ice hockey. And the reason why I've just thought of this That's... is because the coach afterwards, um, into kind of um, in comparison to what someone just said about treaters you no, know, no, after you're being six goals up, coach afterwards said in the press interview, yeah, we treated like training just after destroying this national league side eighty-two yeah. nil, um. Oh, it's a that's bit, it's a bit that's a bit far. I mean, that's brutal.
1: Hilarious, but come great, on, great, great chat. Yeah, come on. I think I think it was like, it was at halftime of the Brazil Germany seven one. Well, I think it was was it Yogi Love was coaching at the time, and he said, "Like, yeah, treat them with the respect they they deserve as a national side. You're playing against them in Brazil at the time, right? But you know, don't 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 put your foot Take the necks, as it were. Yeah." We, we are comfortable leads. Let's show them respect, which I thought was really cool. You're not losing from 5-0 or whatever it was at half time, Unless you're Jimmy White. <laughs> or the White. Buffalo Bills. In which case you say, why is Jimmy White playing football? Or <laughs> the Buffalo Bills, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good,
0: good stats, uh, us- guys. Cool. And uh, in terms of next week, we haven't actually decided next episode. There's a few contenders. Um of what to uh, what the theme should be um, but we'll let should everyone up, know
1: it's been a real downer all these second bests. we'll do something uh, positive just winners
0: stats on winners no <laughs> uh, yeah that again will be uh, in two weeks time as always if you've got any comments want to get in touch spotted any deliberate mistakes uh, you can get in touch on our twitter which is at sportingly avg or email us on podcast.sportingtheaverage at gmail.com.
1: Any uh, emails this week, Phil?
0: No, I've got all texts, though. All the all the communications were just sliding into my DMs. Right. So, uh, no that, yeah. please.
1: You, you I would like this to be formally
2: Yeah, please stick to the you official channels. We were slated exactly. for having no female athletes. No, no, not you can't tell at all. We, we, play, we started that out well. Real smooth. Yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly. We yeah. listen to feedback. That's- it was, it was a fair point to be fair yeah it was a fair yeah. point
0: fair fair, um, to, be fair. Um, to be fair yeah great and uh, with that if there's nothing else
2: you can find put a t t-shirt on one. show
0: it's, it's like 40 <laughs> degrees <laughs> video
1: podcast coming soon oh god no <laughs> oh god live show we're doing a live show actually we show